This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. The following episode is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, I'm Richard Harris. I'm the CEO of Intent Media. And what I love about travel is having your mind blown. Uh, that's generally what I like about life. But when you get outside of uh, the things you do every day, uh, everything is a question. Everything's on the table. And I love that. You know, just 5% of web traffic that hits travel sites convert into sales. So how do you provide value to the remaining 95%? Intent Media is a data science company that uses predictive analytics to create better user experiences for travel brands, specifically allowing your brand to drive value and revenue from what was once viewed as lost opportunity. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry with Pavan Ball and John Matson. And now, here are your hosts. We are joined by uh, our guest co-host today, uh, <laughs> Nick Vivian. He is the editorial director of T News. I'm very happy to be here with you and your smelly hat. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> Thank it's you just, so much. It's a special I mean, time. it smells. You know what? It's, it's a special. It time. does just smell in here. It does, right? <laughs> you know what the problem? Is? Well, not the problem. It's a, it's a genuine uh, MLB hat. It is wool, right? And uh, wool gets stinky in rain. And uh, I did a great job and of preserving shower. this hat, except for this week when it got rained. Well, maybe out. you shouldn't shower with a hat on. Mm. That superstition is, is taking you under. Well, anyhow, lessons learned. Off well, topic. Well, let's let's continue talking about wool and how it stinks in in water. But maybe we'll curb it. <laughs> yeah, we let's could talk also about travel. And let's yes. talk about this. Welcoming our guest today, of course, Richard Harris of Intent Media. What's going on, man? Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very. Can happy. we stay on wet wool for one more second? Yeah, of course, man. So what's interesting is we all know that like a wet sweater stinks. Yeah. Did you know that a wet sheep stinks? Oh, really? Yes, I was recently around a sheep in the rain, and it and smells it like automatically a, a bad sweater. <laughs> yeah, as an animal, as a being, it's still alive. So, can you tell me oh, about this that experience? Wait, yeah, where, where, where were you? you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't talk about the sheep uh, right. parts. <laughs> but no, uh, I have two two small children, and they like spending time uh, at farms whenever we can. And there's a great uh, farm upstate you you can uh, take them to and tour around. Happened to be raining that day, mm. a lot of sheep, and you could just and smell it, it when yeah. you walked into the sheep area. Yeah. So you know exactly like where my hat smells. Like. I know how your hat <laughs> yeah. smells. It offends myself, actually. <laughs> Every now and then I'm walking around offending myself. Um, um, yeah, I'm the co-founder. I have two co-founders. Um, we've been working together for like 20, yeah, more than 20 years. Um, we used to lie about that when we were like raising capital. We were like, oh, yeah, we've been working together for like 10 years. And it would have been like four. Mm -hmm. And then now we've actually been working together for 20 years but we uh we all started out as consultants um we started another company in the travel space uh in 1999 which we eventually sold to travelocity then we ended up taking over travelocity so it was sort of a minnow swallowing the whale and we founded intent media to tackle a lot of the problems uh in that we saw that we observed uh when we were running uh travelocity and a big one was, we can talk in more detail later, but the, the essence of what we do is we take sort of all the, the tools uh, of machine learning to try to predict what users, when they're shopping, 
are actually trying to get accomplished. And then in real time, uh, we're able to adjust the user experience uh, to give them the thing that's most relevant and appropriate for them at that moment in time. Now, you know, when I first came across uh, Intent uh, a number of years ago, you know, the easiest way to sum it up was, oh, it's an ad tech company. Sure. Right? And what is it now? Like, it started there, and where is it now, and why? And Yeah, so at the, I mean, it always, we still make uh, a lot of our money from advertising. And um, the ways in which, if you think the at the broadest possible level, We'll use machine learning. We'll build a predictive model so that when a given user is on a travel site, um, we'll use that machine learning to figure out how likely they are to buy, what their intent actually is. Mm -hmm. And the sad reality in the travel industry is conversion rates online have hovered in the like 2 to 10% on a good day range, which means for big brands who are you know, spending a lot on ad campaigns and buying in Google search to bring users to their commerce properties. Um, and their model is built on transacting, right, on selling stuff. And that model fails like 95% of the time, right, because people leave without buying anything. And the insight that we had that led us to start uh, Intent was there's got to be something more intelligent to do with your traffic, Um for people who aren't buying, there's got to be something more intelligent to do than just let them go back to Google where they probably came from. So couldn't you be more useful and couldn't you make more money? And that's how our business started, which was if you are, say, an OTA and you're competing fiercely against other OTAs uh, for traffic and transactions and profitability, if you can be, if you can use predictive analytics to be pretty sure that someone isn't going to convert, isn't going to buy, um, why don't you help them get where they're going next, even if that's to your arch rival? Because they've probably heard of your arch rival already. And if they're not going to buy on you, they're going to go back to Google and find mm -hmm. your arch rival. And so be more useful to the customer. So act, you know, provide a utility that links them to your, your competitor and monetize that user as well along the way um, so that you know zero value or negative value traffic all of a sudden has some value to you. And that's how we started. Such an easy thing to to convince people of. <laughs> like, like. So I always, you know, if this podcast had video, you would see that I have some gray hair, which I did not have uh, at the start of Intent Media. Because the first year of Intent Media was me like knocking on the doors of CEOs and being like, hey, CEO of Expedia, I've got a great idea for you. Um, why don't you put an ad for Priceline, who you spend the rest of your day <laughs> That's right. figuring out how to kill? Why don't you put put an ad for Priceline in the middle of your transaction path? And they would be like, Richard, that is a super interesting idea, but fuck off. Get out of my house. <laughs> right yeah. And so it was a lot of that. Right? Hey, there's kids listening to this, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not a comfortable proposition, right? It's not an easy sell. But uh, it works. It works for the yeah. user, and it it we generate a ton of revenue um, for companies for segments of their traffic that wouldn't otherwise be valuable for but, them. But why? Can you explain that full circle? Like, sure. why does that generate value for the travelocity that's moving over? 
their clients over to sure. Expedia. So I mentioned, you know, we have this insight when we were at Travelocity. Well, aren't they all the damn same right now, by the way? <laughs> yeah. they, haven't they all like cannibalized at this point? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there is a travel is a consolidated business as we all know. Right. So it's between, a great way to say that. Yeah. yeah between C-Trip, uh, Priceline Inc. and Expedia Inc., mm-hmm. the intermediaries, most, most uh, of the scaled intermediaries are part of yeah. one of that uh, family of brands. Um, but I will say the other half of the market is still fragmented. So mm-hmm. you can go around Europe, South America, um, uh, Southeast Asia, and they'll be, you know, in the top five or 10 players, half of them will be local or regional players who are not part of, um, uh, who are not part of, uh, any apologies of for rearing off track, but yeah, no, 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 <laughs> um, your question was, was why, like, how does that full circle revenue oh, yeah, yeah. happen? So here's the thing i'll just give you the real life example so um my the first company we started we sold it to travelocity one of the things i did at travelocity was uh i ran strategy and so we were watching ourselves spend a couple hundred million dollars in google right and at the time we were buying keywords this was before google had really verticalized in the travel um, sector so we would buy a keyword like new york hotels and uh, we'd pay Google, you know, two bucks for that click for someone who had searched New York hotels. That user would get inside of Travelocity. And then all of a sudden, we'd start finding out more than Google knew. So Google mm-hmm. knew New York hotels. We knew New York hotels on these dates in this neighborhood, uh, uh, this star rating, this brand preference, this price point, right? And we would see the user's journey. And we were accumulating this really rich, yeah. real time understanding oh, yeah. of intent. And then 95 fucking percent of the time, they would leave without buying anything and go right back to Google. Mm. And so we said to ourselves, well, you know oh, the intent. Yeah, we know. Oh, I wonder why. Hey, it's why named. did you name the company? <laughs> Total coincidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got to be very straightforward with these folks. Yeah. You know? like, I get it now. You okay. It. <laughs> it took um, me a minute. But, but yeah, so we, we sort of looked at that and we were like, well, wait, you know, what we consider just like digital exhaust, right? This intent understanding. That's Google's business, yeah. that real-time intent understanding. And they're making billions of dollars, so, and they're yeah. sucking. So So couldn't we turn this into a business for Travelocity at the time? Because we know as much as Google, they're not going to buy. Let's let them just, even as a convenience tool, to skip the trip back to Google to find Expedia, who we were competing with at the time. Mm-hmm. That's just value-added for the user. Let's just do that. And um, our hypothesis was money will start falling on our head. We founded Intent Media, and it turns out money starts falling on your head. Now, there is a risk, right? When I was told to get the fuck out of everyone's office, it was because, wait a second, I know only 5% of my traffic is going to convert, but if a Priceline ad is in the middle of Expedia, what if among the 5% who were going to convert, someone clicks on that Priceline ad and then buys there. What, what can you tell me about that? What are you going to do about that? And that's really why we turned ourselves into a data science company, because we needed to be able to mitigate that risk, right? Um, and so what we do is we, we use the machine learning models to predict user value. And then based on that, we decide, initially it was, do we turn the ads on or do we turn the ads off? Now, once you understand user value and user intent in real time, there's a million decisions that you can make about the user experience. So we've branched well beyond advertising, even though advertising is still a very big Mm -hmm. uh, chunk of our business. 
So does it make it that the user trusts you guys more or, or the platform that this is on? Because I, I see Triptease, you know, this company Triptease, yeah. it's very analogous in the sense Absolutely. that, you know, it gives basically transparent, like, you know, you can go in and you mm-hmm. can see the price everywhere else. So you b- book direct. Yeah. So it seems like the customer trusts that hotel more because absolutely. it's like, look, I'm transparent. Here's the pricing. Do you find that with your clients as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, we, the data says that, um, the repeat visit rate, when, even from the fact of having a competitive ad on your site and having a, even a competitive price on your site. So we have this sort of meta search like program where it won't just be an ad, but we'll show you the prices on competitive brands for the hotel that you're looking at. And um, that increases the repeat rate. So people come back uh, and we think, and it increases uh, the sort of loyalty to the site because I think people think, oh, this is a great place to start my search. I get more comprehensive information. So it's like that meta layer, meta yeah. meta of metas. Yeah, just keeps it is. It's, it's, meta, like, meta, yeah, meta. it really is nuts. Yeah. But it is sort of like it's that everything we do is a little bit counterintuitive. But by taking that competitive risk, you're actually creating trust. And, I mean, there's a, a million ways the world works that way, right, where you go out on a limb and the rewards are, are more substantial than you would have expected. And this is one of those places. Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a term that I feel like it's really used a lot in the travel industry. And it's like, I think it's co-opetition. Is that, yeah. is that, is that exactly what kind of this was built on in the sense that, you know, everybody has to kind of work together to raise the industry's, you know, you know, ability to connect with their consumer? Yeah. I think that's, that's, it's a totally true. And, um, you know, if you think about it, you know, Priceline and Expedia and C-Trip, they think they're all fighting each other, right? And that, that's enemy number one. But when you think about that experience, that sort of flow of traffic and value that I was talking about, where someone does that search on Google, goes to Travelocity, goes back to Google, then hits Expedia, then back to Google, then mm-hmm. price, whoever it is. What's happening there is that the user needs to comparison shop because travel is a considered purchase. It's a high ticket item. And so they're sort of trained that I need to really understand what the price landscape looks like. I need to visit multiple sites. And Google's function is just like this toll-taking, interstitial um, uh, player in the market, not adding a ton of incremental value. And when you think about that, what that means is because the vertical, you know, the whole travel vertical, because those arch rivals are not cooperating, Google gets in there in the middle and takes its toll along the way. But with a little bit of comp- of coopetition, you can keep a lot of that wealth, uh, and, and that wealth is significant. It's billions and billions of dollars that the travel industry pays to Google for traffic access. If they can start intelligently sending traffic to each other inside of the travel vertical. Yeah, they save a ton of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and stop letting, say, one of that $20 billion uh, leak out to Google, then that can be a powerful thing. Wow. Well, look, I think this is a perfect time to start drinking. Um, <laughs> so our guest today, Richard, was uh, kind enough to adhere to our uh, snack uh, or, or noshing policy here at uh, Travel Is Your Business. And why don't you tell uh, what you brought for us? Sure. So I have brought a bottle of Dubonnet Red. Now, du- Dubonnet can go two ways, right? You can think of it as a kind of sweet outdated wine product from the swinging 70s or you can think of it as <laughs> a classic french aperitif wine that has survived 
probably 150 years, despite having had its reputation mildly ruined during the swinging 70s. And, and of course, uh, we're going to improve said reputation yes. today, yeah. clearly. <laughs> we have that power, don't we? Um, so, yeah, so it is, uh, it's, it's like if you've had Lillet, um, which is sort of making a bit of a resurgence, Dubonnet is in that category of, of aperitif wines. It's on the sweet side. I love it. Um, it's a bit fallen out of favor, so I couldn't find it everywhere. But my dad used to drink this in the swinging 70s, and I love France. And so I thought we could uh, all share it this afternoon. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So all right. more with Richard Harris of Intent Media. And uh, <laughs> might be slurring. And uh, we're back in a moment. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. We're boozed up a bit, or getting there at least. <laughs> By the, uh, Richard, this, this wine's on ice. It is on ice. It's on ice. It's delightful, and it's on ice. <laughs> yes. It's not wine. It's not just wine. Oh, it's, it's, uh, that bottle is in, yeah, very confusing then. It is. It, it is shaped a lot like a wine bottle, isn't it? Uh, but it, it's an aperitif wine. Mm. So it's a fortified wine in the, uh, in the vein of ports and mm. other fortified yeah, wines, other... which I can't think of. Yeah, Like Flintstones wines. You know, you get a little fortified yep. vibe yes. in, you know, it's yes. in that category, at least yep. in my head. Excellent. Well, earlier we were talking, we had a good, nice opportunity to have a uh, overview of Intent Media, and let's uh, dive a little deeper. Yeah. Um, Richard, the inventory, we know, for, for Air, say, for example, is, you know, limited. We know there is, like, the same inventory the same time. But for the listener's sake, um, why does Expedia not have the, the same prices or able to offer the same thing, and you're redirecting them to Priceline? Why does Priceline have something that Expedia wouldn't? Right. Mm -hmm. So... It is relatively unusual that, you know, for the two big brands you mentioned, that they would have differing access to the big airlines. Um, at, the, at the margins, though, there are, you know, um, big and small airlines have become much more selective about where they're willing to distribute their fares and their products. So um, you see in the news, you know, Delta pulling out of X or Y OTA or MetaSearch uh, company. Well, in fact, most airlines don't pay most MetaSearch companies. Um, right, they go through GDS more typically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Speak um, up, John. I can't hear you. <clears throat> they go through a global distribution system. A GDS. You could typically. still say GDS. I just didn't hear you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
they may or you know a few years back um you know the a lot of meta search companies were making money because airlines would pay a cpc uh every time you clicked on the fare to be directed to american airlines or whatever and at some point the airlines just said mm, no we're not paying you and they kind of knew that the meta searches if they had to choose between not having delta airlines or having delta airlines but not getting paid they kind of had to have delta airlines and so that was just a bit of um uh, arm muscle flexing on their part anyway you're right in that like for the big guys most people have most things um and yet consumers still are trained to shop like 20 sites before they buy something why is that well a couple different things so one is search technology so the way that uh, an ota or a meta accesses fares combines you know root legs etc that can be different the way they merchandise on a page so like 80% of a user's attention is on page one of a flight search return. And then 80% of their page one attention is on above the fold or whatever fits on screen one of their, their, uh, their phone. And so people aren't necessarily seeing everything um, that a given retailer has to offer. But, and so if your search or sorting function is different, they may have an impression that um, different OTAs have very different inventory. Are are you comparing or aggregating data on one user journey beyond between multiple customer sets? We, so, yeah. Yeah. We do. We, we have that data available. We are super square uh, when it comes to data. So uh, today we use data, um, you know, that comes from one particular site or mm -hmm. app or whatever. We only use it for the benefit of that particular site or app. Uh, I think eventually... Is that to avoid any conflicts of interest or any potential arguments yeah. against um, working with intent? Yeah, it's just that... Um, so I was talking about the segmentation models that we build to differentiate between who's going to convert and who doesn't. In order to build those effectively, we need to have access to very sensitive data mm -hmm. that comes from our partners. Anonymous, though. It's anonymized, yeah. yeah it's, there's no... Um, you know, personally identifiable information, right. but it's still, you know, we understand conversion rates on competitors in the industry and our partners want to make sure that that's only used for their benefit. And so we, uh, we, we adhere to that, um, uh, to that way of working. Interesting. Um, do you see that as a stifle, you know, like a stifling kind of growth opportunity for them or it, it just makes sense in your mind and it's not something that's worth uh, you know uh, i guess trying to knock down the walls and go yeah through, i don't know you know i think eventually you know the way i think things are going to happen is that you know walled gardens generally are going to are going to break open whether it's about the user experience or data um and so i think people will understand the benefit of uh, a neutral arbiter being able to use sort of network-wide or industry-wide mm -hmm. data to provide the best experiences but it's it's hard to that's get a, people over that right because they're one, like yeah. i really have to trust that you are a completely neutral level playing field uh in order to get comfortable with that so we'll take small steps at the beginning uh, with our partners you know consent and yeah. buy-in 
does scale play a factor into that? Uh, you know, you recently wrote an article for us about blurred lines and you in the digital commerce era, yeah. and you mentioned Amazon. Yeah. I think a lot about that because you know they now have data on all of the different things that people can book and or are buying and things like that. You know, so I'm very curious how you see Amazon reflecting in what you're doing. Yeah, so I think it's 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 a really great point. So you know, the big picture mm. macro thesis of Intent Media is sort of that the distinction between search and commerce is kind of artificial and arbitrary and it will go away. And what I mean by that is like, you know, search, you know, think Google or TripAdvisor, Kayak, companies that are based on connecting people with information versus companies that are based on selling stuff. Um, Those have been distinct, distinct people, Mm -hmm. DNA, distinct business models, you know, transaction versus media. Consumers don't give a crap whether your economics come from search engine yeah, economics right. or transaction. Just They're show just, me what I want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, I want to get to Florida. Help me make yeah. a decision and get it well, done. Well, to, to Nick's point, when, when Amazon steps in and says, look, I could use your data to identify um, life moments. So consumers purchase when they're either moving or they're flying somewhere. Right. They, right. they convert the most. So that type of data is super important to a multi-brand marketplace like Amazon or, yep. or any of them, to yep. tell you the truth. Um, how, how are you working on that side, if at all? So there's a lot of value in your nuggets. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. there's a lot. Yeah, no um, yeah, I mean, we get a lot of... Right now, we're not doing life moment stuff, like more prospecting mm-hmm. kind of stuff, per se. But on, on the Amazon model, I think, you know, when you look at what they're doing... They have like a $3 billion advertising business inside of Amazon, right. which most people aren't totally aware of. And that's ads oh, on Amazon. Um, but they do it in but a really- But if you connect to them, you could let them know that I'm going to Oslo and I might have been, I might be looking for a jacket yeah. right now. We haven't explored that at all. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Those are big- spend moments it i mean yeah it's it's but literally it's travel and it's moving homes are the two largest uh catalysts to to spend Hmm. remember amazon hasn't been able to crack travel whatsoever really i mean it's not a small business i mean they have they have amazon travel and for them a small business is like probably you know a billion dollars you know it's probably (laughs) you know great for a normal person do you think your clients would care about that probably not care about oh sharing data to yeah, help buy yeah, yeah, to exactly. help sell jackets when anonymized data yeah. because everyone's fucking sensitive you have to keep saying anonymized no listen all <laughs> of our you know everyone um sells data in one form or another today 100 percent. i don't think they all do it intelligently i don't think they all do it um you know in ways that's for their long-term benefit but i think when you take direct uh competition out of the equation i think there's a lot more openness to to using data offsite or um, mm-hmm. in a co-op or a network. Do you find that a lot of this data is, is a tough to get at? Because, you know, a lot of these companies also just don't have very smart and clean data sets to begin with. Yeah. You know, so they don't even know what they're giving you sometimes. Yeah. Like, do you struggle with that or helping them get their streams better? And well, clean? you're gathering the data. Isn't that part yeah, of it? You're so gathering along the, the purchasing path. That's right. In, in the early days, it was hard. Um, you know, things might not have been available on the page or in a structured way. Um, now we get that data, almost all of it is sort of, uh, digital during the consumer's experience. So, um, including what their past purchase history is, their, their, uh, 
search history, transaction history. So most of that is pushed in real time to you guys. So, so you guys don't have to tie into other folks like if Sabre, you know, you don't have to go into a GDS and get stuff from them or no. So that's no, we don't. Yeah. And for pricing data, um, we, we use the sort of API integrations that, um, you know, most of these guys would use for a meta search engine anyway. Oh. So we just piggyback on those, uh, those feeds. A customer profile and travel is extremely deep. Like it's, it's mo- like one of the most involved, uh, data sets really. Um, so is there other industries that you think that that would be applied to? I mean, we, Amazon yeah. obviously is like, you know, <laughs> a, a wealth of opportunity, but, right. uh, you know, in, in terms of like, could this be applied elsewhere and, you know, provide even more value because yeah. of how rich the data is? Yeah. I mean, I think so. Like think about our business model and other verticals. Yeah. I mean, when we started it, um, to be honest, uh, we, so my two co-founders and I, we started the company and we had been working in travel for like eight years already or nine years. And we got together and we wanted to start a company and we had no idea what we we're going to do. But we were all ex-Boston Consulting Group. So, of course, when we sat down, we were like, let's make a list of the criteria or the yep. characteristics oh, of the kind of company we want to That makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> it, it was really, really painful. Um, but number one on the list was nothing to do with travel. Because we were just like, oh, let's explore something new. But then, of course, you end up having insights about travel because you know it so well. But anyway, when we started the company, we fundamentally thought it was a multi-vertical and still do actually. We just travel is so big um, that we haven't expanded beyond travel. But we think about financial services. We think about autos. We think about you know mass market retail, consumer electronics, apparel. Um, and we also think about uh, mobile games um, where there's a similar dynamic where if you can figure out Who's likely to be your whale, you know, when you're playing whatever Candy Crush or whatever. Some people, like 1% of users account for 99% of revenue because they buy virtual goods or weapons or, you know, upgrade themselves. If you can figure out who those people are and give them the cleanest possible experience and save your ad monetization for, you know, other segments of your traffic, we think there's a big opportunity there as well. I want to switch paths a little bit and talk about uh, your your founder journey a little bit. Sure. Um, what's what's unique here is that the, you know the three co-founders uh, have known each other as you mentioned for quite some time, and you're go you're on your second business together. The first one being a significant exit. Yeah. Um, what has been the difference or the different nuances in building a company in you know the year two thousand? versus a, a company intent media was 2007 uh we or? started it in 2010 2010 okay yeah, so 2010. between 2000 and 2010 what were the 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 shifting dynamics in building a startup yeah i think so you know in 2000 or actually 99 when we really got started you needed a lot of capital just for things that today are purely variable costs so like servers you need to have mm. you need to own hardware uh, to operate at scale. Did you have a room for that? Um, We initially, yes. Then we outsourced it to like Rackspace, I think, or uh, um, Globex maybe. Um, But that was a thing. Like when you raised Mm -hmm. money, it was like, okay. You have to go buy real estate for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, 17 years later, like AWS has just changed 
the economics so that like now the biggest fixed cost is like is well there there aren't any right like mm. real estate's not fixed technology's not fixed people you know in the u.s anyway um it's pretty flexible um uh, yeah. relationship so I guess the big thing is like everything's a variable cost, which is amazing for startups. And amazing to plan for. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so one thing that has always enamored me about Intent Media and uh, for you that's listening at home, uh, my wife has worked uh, on your team for uh, north of four years. And there, I guess I think she was around 30, employee 30 or so yep. around that yep. stage. And I know that you've swelled well above 100. And um, in that, the culture of Intent Media within the walls of Intent Media is uh, nothing that I've been exposed or experienced to before. And not only do I think this, Cranes has mentioned uh, Intent as one of the the best places in New York City to to work for for six years straight. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. And I've been to your holiday parties. I've been, you know, I've heard you speak, and uh, and I and I, coming home, I hear about um, you know the stories of the camaraderie amongst the team and you know the leadership. And, yeah. You know, it's really something very special. And I know we're gonna get into it a little bit further in um, a special that we're gonna do on Mouth Media uh, about company culture with you. But I do wanna I do wanna address that and see you know how what. What was the priority level in, did you map this? Did you literally sit there and map out company culture and this is how it's going to be? Or did it come quite organically? It was, it's a bit of both. I think the the number, the important thing is like when we started, when the three of us started the company, we had like at the very beginning, we had a dual mission, which was, yes, we wanted to like, make money and grow a big business and, you know, be a controversial game changing business. But we also started it because we wanted to work at the place we always wanted to work at. Right. Mm. And, um, that meant, you know, we'd all worked in big companies, small companies. This specifically for intent though? For intent. Okay. Yeah, totally. Mm. Um, and so we said like, we're going to do all the things to create a commercial success, but it is, going to be a priority to create a culture and a workplace and an environment that is uh, the amalgam of everything we've seen good in our careers and the opposite of everything we've seen bad in our careers. What is your most proud Intent Media family moment? Or you could say one of them that comes to mind, as opposed to because I mean, everyone when they take pictures, even when they're not with you or in the company alone, they're putting up quotes for the intent media quotes, and they're it's ridiculous. It's amazing. You guys have dogs in your main navigation like, on your website. Just, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's one <laughs> of our no, and they're real pops, by the way. Oh, yeah. I've met a lot of them. Yeah, I've actually babysat a bunch, you know, like or puppy sat, like it's, right. It's, but it's those it's those little things, right? It's things that like. You would think, okay, here's a non, here's a bad business decision, which is like of the five links you have on the main navigation of your page, of your, of your website, using one of them for something frivolous, like pictures of dogs, right? That's a bad idea, right? Because you have <laughs> only have so many chances, so yeah. many clicks on your site, so many chances to get someone's <laughs> attention. 
But I can't tell you how many people from potential customers to potential employees to John uh, interviewer to me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted a dog. I've I requested like... a dog for this interview. Yeah, you did actually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was in my rider. <laughs> did not deliver. I did not deliver. Oh. I did not deliver yeah. on it's that. It's only four floors up or six floors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like when you. It's sort of what we were saying earlier about going out on a limb. When you just do the thing that's like maybe a little uncomfortable, but you feel you is good. Like it. good yeah. things come from it, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, dogs is one of those things. Like we were just like we all love dogs and we think they make people happy. So let's never move anywhere where you can't have dogs no. come to work with you. What's the what are the analytics on the uh, on the click throughs of on the nav there? Oh, interesting. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, so how many people click on dogs first? Right. Or at some point in their journey, else, yeah. and then navigate yeah. off the page. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It's uh, so I don't know the analytics, but it's the only thing about our website besides your website kind of sucks to mm. that anyone has <laughs> ever spoken to me about. Even after a relaunch of your website, I yeah, know you did a full-on branding re- thing like a few years back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't suck. I love our website. <laughs> I was like, but people just don't talk about <laughs> yeah, your website. Yeah, yeah, who gives a shit about who website? gives a shit? Except the dogs. It's people a place care. card, and it's for puppies. Yeah. Let's talk about hotels. And direct booking. Uh, okay. Are there dogs involved? <laughs> there should be. I would direct book at hotels if they provided me a dog all the time. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, you have to incentivize that dog. Yeah. Your for the weekend. <laughs> you have to incentivize that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me why you guys got into that that world. Sure. So, yeah, we bought a company called Voyat um, a little over a year ago. And so there were two uh, two reasons. So, one... We were talking about earlier, like the the travel industry is consolidated. And the one exception to that um, is the hotel business, right? So uh, among the suppliers, airlines are quite consolidated, rental cars are. Hotels, uh, specifically outside of the U.S., they're not. And that means that you can have, um, you can enjoy as a, as a technology or, or marketing services provider, you can still enjoy decent margins because uh, your negotiating power is not completely destroyed by the fact there's only two global customers for your product. Um, so that was one. We just liked the hotel market. Um, two was the team at Voyat is phenomenal. And then the third is just the the business model fit. So Voyat, like us, that uses predictive analytics to understand consumer value. And whereas we try to monetize uh, otherwise unmonetizable users, Voyat's uh, angle was, hey, listen, if we know that someone is a high opportunity customer, let's in real time get some sort of experience in front of them, some content in front of them that will increase their likelihood to transact. So they're almost like the mirror image of us in a very adjacent uh, vertical. And so we're very adjacent market space. And so we're just sort of cross-selling each other's products to each other. Um, we've, um, uh, a lot of, uh, our team members have gone between the companies. They're here in New York, they're up in our office upstairs. And so it's just been a really great, uh, really great partnership. So will you, uh, kind of give trip teaser run for their money then? Like, it sounds like you have the perfect, exactly what they do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we are, I mean, definitely. We just stole a customer yesterday uh, from trip tease, but you know, the thing, and I don't want to trash Tripti's yeah. is a great company. They've done an amazing job at, at marketing and getting attention well beyond their size, but, um, probably one of the best pivots ever for a startup. 
yeah ever yeah i really think it's up in the like top five really you know because just in the beginning they just he didn't quite didn't quite have it and then all of a sudden they turned to this and it was just boom it's yeah. like perfect product market fit right time right place you yep. know it just was very impressive yeah. and with grace you yes know, he's very good at totally you know i guess it helps when you're british but <laughs> it does we're all pivoting now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i love the queen <laughs> you're the best <laughs> We stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. It's uh, a good ending on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you find that the intent piece, I guess, um, translates to, to direct booking hotels in, in any sort of way, perhaps like the type of person? So like my intent is to have a romantic weekend and I get a certain offer sent to me. So like the intent of the type of experience I want to have rather than the, in, the intent of just I want to see it yeah. on the plane. I mean, ultimately, we want to go in that direction, which is predicting not just behavior right now in this session, but, you know, over the course of a year or a decade or being able to um, sort of hit the right touch points. Um, and that can make marketing a lot more uh, efficient and less annoying. Um, we're not there. We're not there yet, though. But I do think, you know, when you look at sort of if if some of the stuff we're doing is about breaking open walled gardens. And I think, you know, we were talking about Amazon. Amazon's turning itself into a marketplace where if they can't sell it to you, they'll get you the information about who can. And in general, I think the world is going that way towards neither search nor commerce, but open marketplaces. And hotels, you would think they're probably going to be the last place, you know, that are going to open up. But you look at what like Accor is doing. And uh, I just, I'm super impressed. Like who would have thought like a French hotel company is going to be like at the cutting edge of, of tech, but they are allowing competitors onto their platform. So you can buy a non-Accor hotel on Accor.com. They've bought um, an alternative accommodation company, One Fine Stay. And for I think a lot it, of money. Yeah, for it a lot of even, money. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And they're sort of taking this customer first, which is like, as we said, the customer doesn't give a shit whether you're a meta search or an OTA or a supplier. They just want to get their project done. They just want to give you money. Yeah. And they, you just should help them do that. Yeah. And even if it's just part of their money, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. And Accor is taking that very controversial stance, which is, you know what, we're going to be a little bit agnostic here and focus on delivering to the customer. I think it's great. And they do it well. Yeah. And they're relentless with it. So yeah. I appreciate that. Perfect. Well, it's been a great conversation so far and when we come back it's going to be uh off the beaten path where we ask uh our guests uh, some more personally inspired questions if you're a business decision maker you should listen to this the show you're listening to is produced by mouth media network a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. To explore opportunities to partner, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Oh, the beaten 
That's right, it is Off the Beaten Path, uh, where we ask our guests, in this case, Richard Harris of Intent Media, uh, more personally uh, inspired questions. And we, uh, we ask those at random, uh, with the help of our lovely airlines personnel, who's going to uh, let us know in which order we go. And uh, we'll just wait for that real quick. Attention. Would passenger John Madsen please come to the ticket counter? Richard, what's the most inspiring place that you have ever been? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably Papua New Guinea, which is not a uh, uh, typical travel or destination. vacation mm-hmm. destination, yeah. um, but it is one of the most beautiful um, and remote places I've ever been. It's north of Australia. And uh, very mountainous. There were, there are um, sort of communities there that were not aware that any human beings existed outside of their, you know, village or or clan um, up until the '80s. And the wildlife is unbelievable, and you just have this sense of really being very far from everything you you know. How old were you when you uh, visited? I went there, so my wife and I, right after we got married, so this was right after we sold Travelocity to um, private equity firms. <sighs> what to, a moment, huh? Yeah. Um, so we promptly both quit our jobs. Yeah. We had just got married. Take a little time. And uh, yeah, and we bought round-the-world tickets, and so our honeymoon was a year of um, traveling around the world, and Shit. that was one of the places um, that we that we went to. That's fantastic. We, we, we've found a dog along the way, which we brought back to New York and lived with us until she died. But uh, yes, yeah, so it was about 10 years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's right. a high standards for a honeymoon. It <laughs> is. But you know, it's funny because I got married and then I was telling my friends like, oh yeah, we're going to go on a year long honeymoon. And they were like, wait, you're going to spend 24 seven with your wife? And I was like, yeah. Yes, yes, that's I what love I, that's her. That's exactly yeah. what I signed up for. We just got married. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are afraid of spending 24 hours a day with anyone um, for a year. But it, it was the best way to start uh, a marriage because you, there's no not getting to know each other uh, when you're doing that. And we like we each had one backpack uh, for a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we weren't staying at. We weren't like, like glamping out there. <laughs> no, no, we weren't staying at like five star hotels. Yeah, we, you know, every now and then we, yeah, of course, stay somewhere nice. But yeah. we were, you know, this was pre Airbnb also. So, um, you know, we, but we were finding apartment rentals and little cheap hotels uh, all over the place. That's unbelievable. That's great. All right. Uh, <laughs> next question goes to. Attention passengers, would Pub and Ball please come to Gate Seventy Two? All right, I guess it's me. Um, so you mentioned earlier you have uh, two young kids, mm. and uh, I'm curious that uh, with with travel being this show, um, in your mind, what are the first travel experiences and perspectives that you want them to gain? So it's funny. The things I want them to gain are also the same reasons I'm here in New York, which is I love the fact that um, you know, when I walk them to school in the morning, they will see every single race, religion, lifestyle, you know, orientation, any variable of humanity that you can think of, you will encounter in an average day in New York. 
Um, yeah, but I'll say going to Jackson Heights is not the same as New Delhi. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's definitely Indian people in both. Right. <laughs> so I do appreciate that. Yes, New York does develop a, a, a well-rounded perspective. Uh, but going deeper in is, is usually a way different experience. Yeah, fair enough. Um, India would be at the top of my list for places I'd want to bring them. Um, I've, I've spent a lot of time in India and is that, that let me just, <laughs> is that what, what brought you out of India? Is it like business related or was it? Uh, no, you know, I've never been there on business, just a uh, really? personal interest. Yeah. So, um, I went, uh, the first time I went, I was in my early twenties and uh had always been fascinated with india i grew up in canada a very big indian community uh, where i grew up and had many many friends who are of you know either personally or their families or whatever mm-hmm. of Must indian descent or outside of toronto yeah. uh it was actually in ottawa Ooh, uh, yeah ottawa ontario okay, yeah. yeah the nation's capital i have a cousin up there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh you do i do yeah. oh nice mm-hmm. um so yeah, so I just went and um, you know spent time traveling all over. Did a lot of sort of spiritual exploration uh, while I was there, and then I've been back uh, a few other times. And that is one of those places where you um, you will encounter you know wealth like you've never seen, and poverty like you've never seen, and pollution that is astonishing, and natural beauty that is astonishing it's just one of those things where it's it forces you to encounter the full spectrum of humanity and um and the natural environment as well i want them to see that excellent and uh we're just going to go ahead and wait for nick's name to be called attention with passenger nick vivian please report to baggage claim your party is waiting there it is I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'm very unprepared. Yeah. Uh, you guys both chose like such like touchy feely questions, and it beca- became so emotional in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna stop that yeah, crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been drinking. So. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm usually the first offender. Um, but let's talk business. All right. In the past year, you know, it's not not a question of lesson maybe learned in your entire like career because i find that to be usually too much but in the past year is there anything that you wish you would have known sooner or something that you gleaned from the past year that might be useful to someone in a similar situation marketing people management just kind of anything around that topic no children no children yeah you know there is a um a system out there if you read there's a book called traction that outlines this EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. And um, I encountered that and it was delivered such clarity to me on how to run like a great just executive team meeting. And there's some just simple principles and um, areas of guidance and structure that uh, have been incredibly helpful. So if you haven't encountered EOS or, or traction and you're um, you know, running a business, I would say, have a look at that. Cause there's well, they so work many books. I mean, they are. Yeah. 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 Very detailed, very detailed. Um, but awesome. It's actually some, that's what we did at Voyager. 
Oh yeah. Tina's had an offsite when I first, like third week I started and we did, that's what we did. VTO all the way. Yep. Yep. This is a very full circle room over here. So Richard had written for an article for T News recently. A couple weeks back, yeah. And Voyager and T News collaborated on something. Did a hackathon. a hackathon. Oh, And I'm yeah. just hanging out and watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's really, it's really kumbaya. Yeah. I like that. Of course, you bring it back to Kumbaya. Oh, trying to like yeah. Keep it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Circle You're just trying to, keep it hard, just trying to, you know, trying to talk about business. You know, hanging out with my Dubonnet. <laughs> Man, you might personally be responsible for the resurgence of Dubonnet. I hope so. Just hanging out, yeah. podcasting with my so. Dubonnet. <laughs> my Dubonnet. Every podcast. The clubhouse needs a sponsor, Dubonnet. actually. Yeah. <laughs> The woodworks, no problem. We'll talk to him. Uh, is there a final thought that you would like to offer our listener, um, whether it's a reflection on this conversation or your journey as an entrepreneur um, or just, you know, your experience tasting this Dumont? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, on the entrepreneurial journey, I think um, it's always hard, right? You always think, uh, I'm always surprised when people say like, wow, you're running this big successful company. And I'm like, listen, each day there's an hour in which I'm like, I'm going to be a fucking billionaire. Yeah. And there's another hour where I'm like, oh, I better skip town because this is. <laughs> and so you're always on this like up and down. But I think like if you can step back, have some clarity, think straight and you know, bring yourself out of the emotional ups and downs to just write down a list of what needs to get done. That has been like my, my savior. Excellent. And what types of folks are you looking to connect with today? And, um, how can people reach you or, yeah. uh, the work that intent media is doing? Sure. So we are hiring, uh, lots of people. So if you happen to be a data scientist or data engineer okay um and are uh, and it happens to be one of the space. the happiest places to work in it New does York City. yes yeah. a data engineer who loves dogs and yet we did just get um we don't know our exact ranking but sixth year in a row we we're on the cranes best yeah. place to work uh list for new york city congratulations thank you awesome. unbelievable. thank you um and then you know i think anyone you know who's in works with a travel brand who faces this idea that like there's got to be a better way than spending all this money in Google for having a 3% conversion rate. Um, we'd love to help you think through how you can use your traffic in a way that's more beneficial to them and to you. And what is the best way then uh, folks could contact either you or follow uh, the work that Intent Media does? Yeah, so Intent uh, on uh, Twitter and uh, LinkedIn or myself on LinkedIn mm -hmm. uh, would happy to be in touch. Is it just intent or intent, uh, intent media. media? Okay. Intent, intent media. media on Instagram, LinkedIn, all that good yep. stuff. Yeah. And for yourself on LinkedIn. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. Thank you so much Thank for, you guys. for joining us. And uh, uh, for Mr. John Matson. Bon voyage. And Nick Vivian. This is my pithy goodbye. Yeah, that is your pithy goodbye. And uh, I am Pabambala. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed your stay. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. 
Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.